Welcome to the Determined Truth Podcast. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Where we aim to explore questions of truth, the scriptures, and what it means for the church today. Here's your host, Rob Dalrymple. Well, welcome you back to our podcast. Today we're going to be looking at the sixth chapter of the Gospel of John. Uh, note the parallel between John 6 and John 4. In John chapter 6, Jesus is going to proclaim himself to be the gift, uh, the bread of life, and the Father is going to be the giver. In John 4, the gift was water, and it was the Holy Spirit, and the giver was Jesus. In other words, in John 4, the gift of water, which is the reference to the Holy Spirit, is given by Jesus. But in John 6, the gift is bread, which is Jesus himself, and the giver is the Father. So you have a kind of a Trinitarian sense here where the the Spirit is given by Jesus and Jesus is given by the Father. Now to really understand well John chapter 6, we have to understand the context of the Passover, which is definitely in the background. And not only is the Passover in the background, but Jesus is the new Moses. To understand John 6, we understand that Moses' two great miracles was the departure of the Israelites from Egypt, leading them through the Red Sea, and then the feeding of the multitude with manna for 40 years. Every day the Israelites got up and they had this bread from God that was provided provided by Moses. These were symbols of God's protection of his people. So also Jesus is going to feed them with the bread from heaven, and then we're going to see he's going to walk on water. So both the miracles of Moses passing through the sea or Jesus walking on the water and the feeding of the multitude with manna and Jesus feeding them with the bread from heaven, which is Jesus. And that's the distinction now. Not only does Jesus feed them with the bread from heaven, but he is the bread from heaven. So John chapter 6 begins, After these things, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. A great multitude was following him because they were seeing the signs which he was performing on those who were sick. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his his disciples. Now the Passover, the the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Jesus, therefore, lifting up his eyes and seeing that a great multitude was coming to him, he said to Philip, where are we going to buy bread and that, we, that these may eat? And this he was saying to test him, for he himself knew what, what he was intending to do. Philip answered, Well, two hundred denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, for everyone to receive it a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a, a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are these for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much green grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Jesus took the loaves, and having given thanks, he distributed to those who were seated, likewise also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. And so they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves, which was left over from those who had eaten. When therefore the people saw the sign which he had performed, they said, This is of a truth the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, therefore, perceiving that they were intending to come and take him by force to make him king, withdrew again to the mountain by himself alone. The crowds follow, we're told, because of the miraculous signs. And that's always going to be an indication for us as the readers of the Gospel of John to be weary that the crowds are following only for the miraculous signs and that they don't necessarily truly believe in Jesus. We're told that the Passover was near. The Passover, of course, commemorates this Exodus event when Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt and and it includes the manna from heaven. Jesus sees this great multitude then, and he declares to his disciples, well, hey guys, where are we going to get the food, uh, the bread these people may eat? And Philip's like, look, it's going to take eight months' pay uh, to, to provide enough food for them. And Andrew comes up and says, hey, I got a boy with five barley loaves and two fish. 
Barley was the inexpensive bread for the poor, and fish is probably just a reference to some pickled fish eaten kind of as a side dish with the bread. But the question becomes, but what are these for so many? Jesus orders them all to sit down, and we can kind of hear in the background this Exodus motif of Moses having the Israelites sitting down on the green grass and uh, as he prepares to feed them. Now note that this is the only miracle recorded in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, uh, Luke, and John all record the feeding of the multitudes. Matthew and Mark actually record the feeding of the 4,000 as well. I addressed the significance of the feeding of both the 5,000 and the 4,000 in our podcast on the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6. Now what's also important here to understand the context of is the story in 2 Kings, chapter 4. Elijah feeds 100 men with 20 loaves of barley loaves. It says in verse 42, There came a man from Baal Sha'alisha, and he brought the man of God bread of the first fruits, 20 loaves of barley and fresh ears of grain in his sack. And he said, Give them to the people that they may eat. His attendant said, What, will I set this before a hundred men? But he said, Give them to the people that they may eat. For thus says the Lord, They shall eat and have some left over. So he set it before them, and they ate and had some left over, according to the word of the Lord. Now, according to the Gospel of John, the people respond by, to Jesus by, by declaring him, that This is the prophet who is to come into the world. Now, the great crowds who were present had come to discern that Jesus must be the, the, the prophet, the, the one who is to come, the one who is to come into the world. Of course, a reference to Deuteronomy chapter 18, that there'll be a prophet like Moses in the last days. Since Jesus has just fed the multitudes like Moses did and re- replicated the miracle of Moses, surely he's the prophet who is to come. Verse 15, John then notes that Jesus was perceiving that they were intending to come and take him by force, and so he withdrew to a mountain by himself alone. This is another indication that John has Mark's readers in mind. The Gospel of Mark seems to indicate that after Jesus fed the multitudes, he just kind of withdrew for no apparent reason. And now John fills in the explanation as to the reason why. That he is perceiving that the crowds want to make, take him by force and make him into a king. Verse 16, When evening came, uh, he and his disciples went down to the sea. After getting into a boat, they started across the sea to Capernaum, and it had already become dark. And Jesus had not yet come to them. And the sea began to be stirred up because of a strong wind was blowing. When, therefore, they had rowed about three or four miles, they beheld Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near to the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. They were willing, therefore, to receive him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at at the land to which they were going. The next day the multitude stood on the other side of the sea, and they saw that there was no other small boat there except one, and that Jesus had not entered with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples had gone away alone. There came other small boats from Tiberias near the place to where they ate the bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the multitude therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor as disciples, they themselves got into the small boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. They went and found him on the other side of the sea, and they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? The people then are perceiving that Jesus has done a miracle. They come to Jesus and say, okay, well, Rabbi, when did you get here? Verse 26, Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life which the Son of Man shall give to you, for on him the Father, even God, has set his seal. They said therefore to him, What shall we do, that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. They said therefore to him, Well, what then do you do for a sign that we may see and believe believe you? What, What work do you perform? Our fathers ate men in the wilderness, as it is written, He gave them the bread out of heaven to eat. 
Jesus therefore said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it's my Father who gives you the bread out of heaven. In typical Jesus style, the people ask him a question, kind of a rather mundane question. Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus responds with a spiritual answer. He kind of always gets to the heart of the matter of what's really truly important. You seek me, he says, not because you saw signs, but because you ate and were filled. He then responds, do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. This is very similar to Jesus' discussion with the woman at the well. Woman, you should have asked me and I would have given you living water and you would never thirst again. So also you should not work for food that perishes, but for food that endures to eternal life. And this food is what the Son of Man shall give to you. Now it's interesting that here he declares himself to be the Son of Man. When he spoke to the woman at the well, he declared himself to be the Messiah. But amongst the Jewish leadership, he only declares himself to be the Son of Man. Verse 27 then indicates, For it's on him that the Father, even God, has set his seal. The reference to the seal here is a reference to the person of the Holy Spirit, upon who has come upon Christ. They respond to Jesus by asking, Well, what shall we do that we may do the works of God? And Jesus replies, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Now, what follows after this passage is going to be a long speech of Jesus. It's going to be kind of interrupted with some dialogue with the Jews and Jesus and clarifications, etc. Most of this passage is going to revolve around this key theme of Jesus saying, I am the bread of heaven. In fact, verse 33 and 58 both repeat the same phrase, the bread which came down out of heaven. Now, this is an inclusio or an author's way of framing a speech in this instance, saying, hey, this is the beginning, this is the end, and here's the key theme, and that is the bread which came down out of heaven. Now, in the middle of verses 33 through 58, we have another inclusio, a kind of a smaller section within the larger section. Verse 35 and 48 both say the same phrase, I am the bread of life. And then the second inclusio is verses 49 through 58. Both 49 and 58 have the phrase, the fathers ate manna. So we have this larger section, the bread which came down out of heaven, verses 33 through 58. In the middle of that, his declaration is, I am the bread of life. And then the second part is the fathers ate manna. And the point of that is going to be this, that in the Old Testament world, in the time of Moses, the, your fathers ate manna, and that's the bread which came down out of heaven. That bread that came out, down out of heaven was from God, and that's what the fathers ate. But then Jesus declares, but I am the bread of life. In the fulfillment of everything that Moses and the Israelites experienced, it's the fulfillment that's found in me. 33 then begins with, the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven. And they say, well, Lord, give us some of this bread. Again, reminding us of the dialogue between Jesus and the woman at the well. Uh, you should have asked me and I would have given you living water. And the woman replies, well, 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 give me some of this water that I may never thirst again. They too say, hey, Jesus, well, if you have this bread from, of God that comes down out of heaven, then, then give us this bread. Uh, idea being, we don't want to get hungry anymore. But of course, they're missing the significance. Jesus then replies in verse 35, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst again. Verse 36, but I say to you that you have seen me and yet you don't believe. Let's skip down to verse 40 for a second. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I myself will raise him up in the last day. See, you've seen and yet have not believed, but the will of God is that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life. Verse 38, in the middle of it, Jesus says, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who was sent. Verse 41 then picks up the story. The Jews, therefore, were grumbling about him because he said, I am the bread that came down out of heaven. 
Now, of course, the word grumbling is the same word used of the Israelites in the Old Testament when Moses fed fed them the manna and they began to grumble, saying, you know, all we get every day is this manna. We were so much better off in Egypt. With We had leeks and dates. It's it's just an incredible passage in uh, the book of Numbers, uh, chapter 11. It's like, what do you mean you were better off in Egypt? You were slaves in Egypt. You were beaten and, and, and abused. But they begin to grumble in the wilderness. And so now the Jewish people are grumbling at Jesus. Jews, they were therefore saying, verse 42, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he say, I have come down out of heaven? Jesus answered and said, Don't grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. Skipping down to verse 47, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the man in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread which comes down out of heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that comes down out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread also which I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh. Verse 52, the Jews therefore began to argue with one another. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said therefore to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me, he shall also live because of me. This is the bread which came down out of heaven, not as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread shall live forever. Jesus has now taken what he said earlier about him being the bread from heaven and gone even further. He's actually intensified the statement now to say, Look, unless you eat the flesh and drink the blood of the Son of Man, you have no life in yourself. This was unimaginable and unintelligible to the Jews. After all, blood is forbidden to be drunk, according to the Old Testament. Eating someone's flesh was even a sign of hostility to them. Jesus says, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood, and if you do, you'll have eternal life. Now, verse 59, these things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. But many, therefore, of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a difficult statement, and who can listen? But Jesus, conscious that his disciples grumbled at this, said to them, does this cause you to stumble? What then if you should behold the Son of Man ascending where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life, and the flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life, but there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe, and who it was who would betray him. And he was saying, For this reason I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted from the Father. As a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him any more. Jesus therefore said to the twelve, You don't want to go away also, do you? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I not myself choose you, the twelve, and yet one of you is a devil? Now he meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. Many of Jesus' disciples grumble, it says. As we have noted a number of times in the Gospel of John, that John seems to distinguish between those who are truly disciples uh, and those who merely profess to be disciples. We see now that many of his disciples withdrew because this this hard, difficult teaching, indicating that they weren't truly followers of Jesus all along. They were the ones who were grumbling, as verse 61 indicates. As a result, Jesus turns to his disciples and says, Do you want to leave as well? This is a rhetorical question in which the answer is no. Surely you don't want to go also, Jesus is saying. And Peter responds by saying, Lord, to whom shall we go? 
We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you would like more information on the Determined Truth podcast, you can find us on iTunes. You can follow Rob's blog at DeterminedTruth.com or purchase his books on Amazon.com. See you next time.